0: Hello, and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is August 8th, we have a very special guest. We have Mr. Nick Westlake here, who has come to talk about a story that we presented last week, and that is Arbitrum Bold, which is Bounded Liquidity Delay. And this was announced last week by Offchain Labs, and now here, Nick is here to tell us all about it. So Nick, what is Bold? And how is it going to make an impact on arbitrum?
1: <clears throat> Sam Curve DeFi, thank you always for having me. Um, yeah, very happy to talk about bold and to your point before, bounded liquidity delay, right? Um, and it's, it's something like super innovative that uh, our our developers here at Offchain Labs have have been working on for quite some time and, and have have developed, right? Um, and really, this new approach addresses in the challenges in validating transactions uh, on these chains, uh, enhancing uh, the chains. When I say chains, I mean Nova and uh, and and one. Hey, when? Um, and yeah. So the challenge in, in validating transactions on these chains, uh, enhancing their security, uh, and dis- and basically a path forward to decentralization. Right. So bold's main goals here are to to speed up the settlement of uh, the transactions to transactions happening um, on these chains and and really prevent any sort of malicious parties from. Uh, like unfairly slowing down that process, right? So, in, in current like systems of, of optimistic rollups and current architecture, validators need to to prove the correctness of transactions on on arbitrary chains. Um, this process can take uh, pretty much anywhere up to se- you know to seven days to dispute these resolutions, right? Um, however, the system can be exploded by malicious validators who may like re- repeatedly delay confirmations. Uh, which you know, in turn, affect the withdrawal uh, process of the assets from the chains, right? Um, and that's why, in in current state, uh, arbitrary chains are validated by whitelisted parties, right? Um, to make sure that uh, none of the maliciousness may happen or or things of that nature it, right? And and bald, bold, I should say, solves this. I, I was going to say, I just said bold. Bald. <laughs> bald. Bold solves this problem by enabling any any one honest validator to win. Uh, disputes against multiple malicious validators, right? And this approach basically ensures that the validation process is more number one robust, uh, and it's also permissionless, right? Because it doesn't rely uh, on a specific group of validators per se. Instead, um, any you know one party who agrees with the transaction's validity uh, can defend it until you know a disagreement uh, arises, right? And just on, on some final thoughts there, like uh, the Volt protocols code and research specifications are publicly available on, on GitHub. Would implore anybody to go, you know, check it out if you're uh, curious or, or technically inclined, et cetera. Uh, it's been audited by Trail of Bits. Um, it's been, you know, a very ongoing process with that, uh, and basically the advancement, uh, you know, holds the potential to, you know, significantly in- enhance the efficiency and reliability um, of of Arbitum chains, right? Making them a lot more resilient against malicious attacks, um, and and quite simply enabling quicker transactions, right? Um, and to actually implement this. Uh, it will go, you know, in front of, of the DAO as a, as a constitutional binding vote. Um, and if they do vote it through, right, uh, at that point, it would, you know, go through the, the voting process and the integration process, et cetera. Um, but then, you know, there will be permissionless validation on uh, on arbitrary Chains. And that's just one step closer, right, to becoming a, a stage two, layer two roll-up. A lot to unpack. Uh,
0: yeah, so maybe we could just go back and take a look at the whole process of how the, the, the bold system works. Um, so currently, there's a seven-day period, which is uh, completely permissioned by uh, is Chain Labs or whoever's running the, um, the dispute pr- uh, protocol. But what you're saying is that uh, opening it up and making it uh, permissionless would make it vulnerable to denial of service attacks.
1: And yeah, in its current state, correct. In its right? current state. Yeah. And this bold upgrade, or, or if you will, right, will um, you know, change the, the, the backend architecture to some degree to allow uh, that to not happen by, by allowing any one validator to be able to basically prove, right, the transaction is true and, and defend itself against uh, you know, multiple parties of malicious actors.
0: Do you know how the, that single honest validator is able to prove that it's honest?
1: It's a good question, right? And uh, it's such a, such a new thing that I personally haven't been able to dive into the code quite yet. Um, however, there are you know, certain cryptography practices and, and mathematical things that happened uh, you know, in the background that do that enable this to happen. And the very smart folks here at Altain Labs were, uh, have worked very hard on that for, for quite some time to, to bring that to fruition basically.
0: And so, uh, like this goes to uh, Arbitrum Nova, right? First, and then it'll come to Arbitrum One.
1: So the DAO has to vote it in for both Arbitrum One and Arbitrum Nova. They're the chain owners for both of those chains, right? Um, so once you know if they if they decide to vote it in at that point, um, it it would it would likely be both at the same time. And one other cool thing I should say about this is that um, this this bold protocol right um, would also will also be able to uh, work with with orbit chains if the orbit chain developer decided that uh, this is something they wanted to pursue right um, so it's it's very uh, modular in that sense
0: interesting very interesting so what's the um, like what do you think the rollout time for this is going to be
1: yeah it's a good question right so Um, You can go check our blog post out uh, and basically there's a, you know, a couple of uh, uh, things like loose ends that have to be tied in on on our side. Right. And then it will go to a Dow uh, vote, if you will, right on tally um, where that process is about seven days or so. Um, And then a couple of weeks uh, after that, it would be, you know, integrated onto the, onto the chains. Uh, We'd love to see it in a a couple of months time, if you will, Uh, maybe, you know, one to two.
2: How many participants, like uh, you explained earlier, uh, maybe we can uh, get back to it a bit, on the fact that currently, uh, only whitelisted parties do the validation. Like, uh, can you like uh, maybe expand on it for those of us who don't really know, like for example, how many uh, whitelisted parties currently participate in the arbitrum validation process? And like, uh, if you can share maybe on who are these entities, And what kind of benefits are we going to have by uh, decentralizing them? And like, who are, for example, the first actors that you think will enter this uh, new uh, space of, uh, like, will become the new actors within it?
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. And then uh, just to retroactively go back, right, um, uh, to Sam's question in regards to like implementation, right? There's going to be releases of of local dev nets that folks will be able to spin up. um, And then along with that, uh, an actual test net that folks can basically play around with etc right a couple of weeks for for that to happen um and then yes a DAO vote will will kind of take place but in regards to the uh the, you know the validation currently happening on the arbitral networks uh DeFi, is that yes it is it is a whitelisted process um and you know that process is uh without you know naming specific names or specific numbers right they're trusted parties that uh will attest to the, the, the validity of of transactions happening right on the arbitral network and the first, you know, parties that I, I foresee wanting to, you know, participate right in the permissionless validation of, of Arbitrum chains are um, basically folks that specialize in that in that vertical, right? We've we there have been many requests to become, you know, whitelisted validators here on the network. Um, a ton of interest from, uh, you know, organ, organizations again that specialize in that type of of, of operation, right? So. Um, I would see those folks kind of jumping there first, if you will, right. Um, now, in saying that, they have like the necessary type of of, of architecture, right, and, and operations to to start to start spinning something like this up quickly. But in saying that, again, it's a permissionless uh, will be a permissionless uh, operation, if you will, right. So, um, anybody if they you know had the necessary knowledge and you know uh, and operational capacity, if you will, right, uh, can be able to, to, to validate the network.
3: Okay, so uh, to me, this seems like a no-brainer, right, for most um, of everyone, especially if you value decentralization. But um, since this is gonna be going to a DAO vote, right, uh, I'm sure everybody's looking at this and then thinking, okay, you know, um, at, with an upgrade like this to the chain, um, what are like the potential downsides, especially for like less technical people? So, do you have any idea of you know, uh, like I- in um, in like whatever worst case or whatever, what kind of vectors does this open up, or like what should be pe- really what should people be considering when they're voting for this?
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's a good question, When I mean, in regards to like attack vectors and things of that nature, um, I'm not the guy to, to to really speak on that. In regards to you know the Dow delegation is voting on this. I think there's a number of things that uh, they should take into account, right? And, it's, and to your point before, it's like, how much do you value the value, um, centralization, right? Do you, um, the arbitrary networks have, have have worked quite well, right, for the, for the, the last, um, you know, years of, of operations that they've been in thus far. Um, are there, do you want to open that up to, you know, folks that are, um, you know, maybe not too familiar with the, with this type of process, considering you know these kind of whitelisted actors have been uh, doing their job well in in that sense, right? Um, it's um, kind of a first of its of its kind to a certain extent, right? On on uh, on this type of of, of of protocol upgrade. So, are there unknowns? There there may be. There may be not. Um, but again, I think the the core ethos question for the DAO would be. Right? Is it? Do you do you want to move towards that that path of decentralization? Right? Or, uh, or or do you not?
4: I've got a question. I'm reading through the audit that you had done by Trail of Bits, and it's very good. Um, uh, the question I have is just that there's a, there's a number of like uh, security concerns that they marked as like high. Uh, most of them look like they're pretty addressable. Um, are these planned on being addressed before like the de- deployment, or is this already deployed?
1: No, this is this is none of this is de- is deployed as as you see it now. Um yeah, in regards to the, the trailer bit security audit, uh we have top tier um, you know, engineers that are that have been working on this, et cetera. Um if there's any sort of uh, extreme attack vector that is outlined in there, uh, it, it it will be uh adjusted and uh, and accurately what's the word I'm looking for? Uh look into if you will. Yeah.
4: Good stuff, good stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining. And I uh, hope you stick around and kick it on the headlines with us for a little bit because you all <laughs> offer really good takes. For sure, man.
0: Well, uh, we also had a continuation of the PayPal story. So people found the contract yesterday and we're actually digging into the code. Uh, it does have a few differences than uh, USDC or USDT. Um, notably, it has the ability to, well, so it does have the ability to freeze and it does have the ability to, um, uh, uh seize, like, like not, not seize, but like blacklist. But in addition to that, it also has, uh, this ability to return frozen funds back to the issuer. Uh, so unlike, unlike tether where they just freeze it, uh, now those funds can, can be taken back.
4: Yeah. I'm not, too worked up about all this first of all like all of our favorite uh, high market cap redeemable stable coins have mm-hmm. like blacklist capabilities so like every yeah, people like doesn't, doesn't usdt
3: and all of these have the ability to burn them anyway so they could just burn them and, and mint them again right
4: yeah yeah I mean, the incentives are not aligned because it's in USDC and USDT and all these people's interests to just be like randomly using that yeah. blacklist function all the time. Um, thankfully, mm-hmm. they're not. But people like like people like aping into the most degenerate Ponzi schemes with like the worst rug pull functions. So uh, yeah, it's also fun- upgradable code. It's a proxy contract, so they could upgrade it.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. And the funniest thing to me is that it's written in like
3: such an old version of Solidity, right? I haven't seen many people talk about this, but...
4: Uh, especially the, after the Viper thing, um, I'm having like PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my tweak, my, my take was like the opposite, which is that like, um, basically as far as I can tell, like they are just like copying what's worked for all of other Paxos's other stable coins. So it's like if these other stable coins were launched using, you know, ERC 20s are supposed to be quick and easy to deploy. Um, and these are all like fairly battle tested. So it's like probably safest that they just go off of like what hasn't been hacked.
1: I mean, it's not very surprising, but, you know, a centralized financial conglomerate here in the States is is putting in back doors, if you will, into their into their, uh, into their centralized stablecoin. Right. I don't think it's very surprising.
4: Yeah, that's the price yeah. you have to pay to accept the deposits, in my opinion. I yeah, think there's I other been, ways you could structure it, but, you
2: know, no one's doing that yet.
3: I would have been more surprised if they didn't have that functionality, to be honest.
2: Right. It's kind of the yeah. norm within uh, actors of uh, this such. Right, space, you know, yes. I, think, um, I think the main role of uh, you know such an entity entering uh, the space and like having such a huge project is not even the necessarily the product itself. I think uh, you know. Uh, the significance of uh, PayPal actually launching something like that and becoming, like, maybe uh, much more official uh, on-and-off ramp and allowing uh, mer- the, their huge net of uh, merchants to start using uh, these kind of, uh, like, uh, transactions on-chain uh, on instead of on, uh, not on-chain and using stablecoins. I think it has much more, of like, this, is, this can be a huge catalyst, in my opinion, for uh, mass adoption, Despite uh, all these, uh, like uh, what you say, Uh, like these centralized issues that uh, just like you guys said, uh, I agree. These were expected. I'd be surprised if they uh, made anything that's actually decentralized because
1: why should they, you know? I think it's a good good point you put there for the merchants. Um, I think about 40% of eBay transactions run through PayPal. Um, I think eBay has like a, a north of 100 million like users or something along those lines. Um, so it's a nice chunk, right? And that and I'm not sure if you've ever sold anything on eBay or bought anything on eBay, but um using PayPal versus some of the uh, other uh, like payout options that they have is basically 10 out of 10 times you would rather use PayPal than like input any credit card or anything like that, right? Um, so we're definitely curious to see how they kind of incorporate the the stable coin into uh, yeah and not only you know their eBay transactions, but all their all their merchants, right?
2: Ooh. Never, I've, I've never seen an actor with with uh, such a huge uh, network effect uh, like become an active participant in the space. I mean, uh, like before I uh, knew anything about crypto, I never knew who is uh, like Tether or who is uh, Circle. But PayPal, everyone knows who's PayPal. You know, uh, people all around the world uses uh, use their products and like actually do it. So the amount of uh, like. This, this gives us, uh, as an industry, kind of a new stamp, I think. We can find ourselves in a few months or uh, a year or however it, uh, how, how long uh, it, it may take, but uh, with uh, kind of a different approval, like socially, because it is, uh, an entity like PayPal can really make us, like, uh, a lot more people uh, swallow crypto e- more easily, you know?
1: Well, I, I've, been, I've been having a lot of chats with a lot of folks, and yeah. basically the consensus here is, like, abstracting away any sort of actually interacting with you know with the blockchain itself and it, it's um it's it's definitely relevant and 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 folks that are developing like games and things of that nature in regards to like abstracted account abstracted wallets things like that um and then i think yeah to your point right like abstracting away like the actual blockchain by using the stablecoin itself as a you know, you know kind of instant settlement if you will great great step forward i'm a I'm a fan of what of what this is for sure yeah i think I just
4: really- think they they're looking at the fact that like um uh, Tether is making more money than BlackRock and like PayPal needs to grow and they're huge. So there's not a lot of growth opportunities for them. So like they're looking at this being like, Hey, this could easily provide us like a, uh, you know, 10, 20% financial growth. Well, I think I
2: always experiment. love that. Definitely.
0: Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, we we're, we're we're going to see the, the rollout of PYUSD over the next few days. Uh, embattled Huobi said that they were the first to list PYUSD last night. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, and additionally, in a spaces yesterday, uh, we had Sam Kazimian from Frax saying that he had just gotten off the phone with Paxos and he couldn't tell details about the call, but we could probably guess what was happening Uh in relation to the PayPal dollar. Uh, so taking a look at the at the contract, uh, right now there is 26 million, let me pull this up. Uh, There's $26 million, or 26 million PYUSD in supply. Uh, that's surprising actually, how like one day you've already got all this PYUSD. I didn't uh, even know it was
2: mintable yet. 20 million? Probably I, their test yeah. budget. Uh,
4: like mm. to be honest eight eight holders
0: actually oh, yeah, yes. only eight holders though uh, yeah. so i don't know i don't know who that's going to let's see so there's one yeah. person this is probably huobi that holds the majority of it and then we have a bunch of other like probably test transactions for like 2016 10 10 10 10 10 10 it's a little strange isn't it
3: it's Justin son and
0: uh, yeah maybe
1: be <laughs> exit liquidity that's for doing
0: Maybe, but
1: uh, I like how they hold USDC in that wallet.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the the contract is, uh, let's take a look at this person. This this seems like an exchange address. So this is probably Huobi's uh, account that was sent to. That's interesting that Huobi was actually like the first to get this PYUSD. Um, I, I'm guessing it probably is going to come uh, to Curve maybe in the next few weeks.
2: Yeah, when are we gonna see some uh, PYUSD pools and bribes and stuff? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: how, soon. How probable soon.
2: is that? Maybe yes, one of we... the biggest OTC buyers was PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've of, I uh, maybe you've you've seen this uh, Talk uh, with Mitch and uh, the others uh, who shared it today.
0: Oh, Mitch has been on so... fire. Mitch is I <laughs> like I've started like watching the social chat for Curve now and yeah, uh, Mitch is Mitch is always on the jokes
4: it's a fun one um, but we uh, ho- hosted a poll on Leviathan News yesterday and you know admittedly our audience probably skews towards some curve maxis because we actually like cover the ecosystem pretty well um, but it was like 50-50 um, no I'm personally bearish I doubt I like would definitely fade that if there was the opportunity to fade it I don't think they're going to be bribing yeah I don't think I absolutely agree yeah there's no fucking way <laughs> <laughs> right but, but you guys mean like never or soon you know what I mean uh, never
2: yeah. <laughs> no, really I think right.
4: like I think they should if they want to have like utility for the ecosystem. I just don't think any tradfi player is going to be bribing anytime soon.
0: Okay, you want to talk about tradfi or yeah, you want like, to talk about exploits?
4: Do this anyway, right? That's what I'm kind of like thinking. They could probably come sense of make like his partners.
0: Yeah, third party, third party out. company that comes in and bribes.
4: That 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 I could see, but not from PayPal directly.
0: No. Yeah, this, yeah that's but what. You it, know,
2: it's, um, even it's with the third party that they uh, promote, like uh, behind the. Uh, the... No, no, like, I, I don't mean. I don't mean that they have a third party bribing curve. I mean
3: that they have a third party just like on a central limit order book, or uh, you know, yeah, whatever. Well,
4: like, to, I might uh, bribe the pool, but there's no way PayPal's bribing the pool, right? Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I could throw five dollars into the bribes and uh, you know technically win the bet.
3: PayPal is buying our bags. And it's just five
0: sure. <laughs> So let's talk about rugs. Yesterday there was three. Uh, we had what the Stadf- fuck? Statify. Statify. Uh, Statify, who was hacked for 1.14 million. Uh Steadify is a Arbitrum leveraged yield strategy vault. Um uh, fortunate for them.
3: Was this a hack or was this a rug?
0: It's a their wallet,
1: the the deployer wallet, got compromised. Would a uh, bold be able to reverse it? <laughs> no.
0: No. <laughs>
2: um, no, that's gone, man.
0: How does a deployer wallet get compromised?
1: On they put their keys on I'm Google Drive. Keys, keys compromised. Slim <laughs> <At least laughs> swap. Who knows?
0: Hmm. hmm. <laughs> there well, are no co- that, there that, are no that, coincidences. That, hmm.
2: Yeah. Suspicious, for sure. Very, very suspicious thing. But uh, suspicious, man. (laughs) And uh, also, like you know, 1.4 million uh, dollars, uh, like taken away. And look, we're not even uh, blinking. We're not even surprised. I I don't know. I don't know how. uh,
0: It's all magical internet money, anyways. So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Additionally, there was also. The decentralized exchange Cipher Protocol on Solana, which was exploited for close to one million dollars. Um, I believe this was the last remaining TVL on Solana. It's gone now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think I saw something from Davis. It was just like farming these Solana coins is getting so tiresome. Uh,
0: and then, lastly, I don't know. If, does this count as a rug? So goldfinch rwa protocol makes loans to people in the developing world and this week a five million dollar loan was defaulted on by a kenyan motorbike company called to and uh Tugende had violated the terms of their loan and this was four percent of the tvl of the protocol Oof. you're gonna have to take a net 3.9 per 3.95 percent write down over the next uh 12 months
1: I'm not sure you can count that as a rug. I think you can count that as extreme negligence and horrible access controls. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the protocol functioning is normal, right? They're doing <laughs> they're doing
3: unilateral. Yeah.
1: I mean, one thing that's like um, I'll talk about my own book a little bit. Like, cool about the the some of the grant programs coming out of the, the DAO right now is that um, they point back towards this function that. Um, you know, if you get dispersed funds and if the Dow or the, uh, uh, you know, the organizations giving out these grants don't feel as if you're uh, basically living up to, you know, the, your, the proposal that you put in, right, you're not actually putting in the work, et cetera, um, they can go ahead and claw back those funds, um, whether or not they're, you know, they're sitting inside of, a, you know, a non-treasury address. And I think like for, you know, grants like that moving forward, or even for, you know, loaning folks chain off money, right, you have to have better Uh, access controls and and better distribution systems so that you know you can mitigate something like that actually happening
0: so what happened with the is that uh they took this five million dollar loan and they lent out 1.9 million dollars to somebody else and now they're not able to recover it in time to pay it back and
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's so good
0: uh Thicky had a nice comment. So oh, well, let me just pull this up. So uh, apparently the people that are affected by this are going to have to wait nearly eight years to recover all of their funds or recover the principal from Goldfinch Fi. So achieve sticky liquidity with one simple trick, he said. Uh, and then Thicky Thicky right also said, RWA stuff is a nice narrative, but all the failures of Maple and now Goldfinch show that you're completely SOL uh, when the borrower rugs you. Why not buy foreign treasuries on chain instead of lending to Kenyan motorbike companies? Is he wrong? I'm I'm sure you can get a. I wonder how much a Kenyan uh, two year is versus versus it's, what it's they're lending at. It's
3: just counterparty risk, right? Yeah. Like this is the thing I think sometimes in DeFi everybody gets so caught up in the the on-chain the like uh, let's call it the smart contract risk that everybody forgets about the financial risks, which is just this is this is completely like there's no there's no hack here right no, the the code worked uh, it's just that the <laughs> protocol was a bad one uh, or the idea was a bad one and boom you know you reap what you sow.
2: Yeah, the design, you have to design it in a way that's sustainable, not only not only with good contracts, uh, like, like Wenmoud says, uh, you need to have like uh, a financial view on uh, things as well. But
3: I got to say, if anybody's willing to loan me funds in the same way, um, and then I can lend them out again, I'm more than happy to take this.
2: Maybe you should set up a company in Kenya,
3: you know? <laughs> it, was, it was my company all along. <laughs> <laughs> it's me and my motorcycle.
2: <laughs> uh, if it was you, you'd do it sooner, man. Come on, you'd think of it earlier. Well, man, I need to. I need to find these quicker.
0: <laughs> so we also had a 911 announced called Seal 911, launched by Samsung and some other white hat hackers. So it's a, a Telegram bot. That allows anyone to use during t- emergencies to get in touch with trusted members of the security community and their extensive network of contacts. It's kind of interesting. Uh, all of the people on the uh, the Seal Nine One One are public. Um,
3: not all, the, not all, but some. Yeah.
0: No, they, they should be all. So he said, uh, "You're oh partial list of everyone." Okay. Yeah. Not, right. Um, let me share this tab instead. So you can see some of the people here. Um, it's like Frank Researcher from Wintermute. Oh, ha- yeah. So Samsung as well too. Uh, so a good group of people, hopefully, who can help with just bad situations.
3: This is goated. These are the goats. Yes, they are. Stuff, yeah.
4: Yep. We saw this during the curve hack, where there was some, uh, you know, Addison was kind of pinging people, trying to say, "Hey, look, I got some ideas about what might happen, what might go down. I need to get in touch with somebody." So, kind of like a central nine one one line, I think it's a good idea.
0: Shout out, Addison, rising rising star.
4: Chadison is. Chadison,
0: you know, he's is he has he hit eighteen yet, or is he still underage? He's
4: going into his freshman year at MIT. Oh wow.
0: Congratulations to him do it. Um, I met Addison two years ago when he was running his pocket uh, pocket service and literally like managing it from high school like in class, furiously typing and coding uh, while everybody else was studying history yeah I' bullish on
4: like this entire industry is secured by people who aren't legally allowed to shave. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's uh, so good on you Chadison uh, Un- Unsheath announced a $3.3 uh, million raise so this uh, Unsheath is a is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Unsheath is a uh, like ETH liquidity ag- or staked ETH liquidity aggregator and uh, they have raised money from some capital iconic the Lao back in capital image ventures and more to be able to grow as well too
1: Actually, you know what? Speaking of raises and undercollateralized lending, um, they, they go under a radar because they're just—they have a very low um, social media profile. But Goldlink, which we'll be building and deploying on an Arbitrum, uh, undercollateralized prime broker solution, uh, have their own little twist on it. Uh, we'll see what comes out of that. But they did uh, just race from uh, Polychain, um, Skyvision Capital, and a bunch of bunch of others as well. Raises are still happening, but a little bit on the softer side, one would say
4: only if you have the like a uh, semiconductor or whatever uh not so, uh what's the what's the what's the new vc trend they move from ai to superconductivity
0: mm-hmm. so garrett maybe you could talk about how liquidity has recovered on curve since the exploit what's been going on there
4: uh so obviously like uh you know in the wake of the hack a lot of people moved their funds out frax was a big big uh amount of this right Um, but then since then is like the dust has settled a lot of stuff has been moving back Um, you know we saw that curve USD was in the immediate aftermath like there's also some people moving out which kind of created like uh, you know just very quickly we saw like slight DPEG so borrow rates adjusted but everything's been stabilizing uh, quite nicely and so I think it's like getting back to a little bit business as usual there's still no word on like the hacker as we talked about yesterday, the uh, information is now like, if you can give any information that will lead to the conviction of the hacker in the court of law, uh, 10% of the bounty is yours. Uh, no one has yet stepped up to claim it. So that's got me concerned. It's probably a hacker that's someplace outside of like where the law can touch them, like a Somali pirate or something.
0: And those funds just haven't moved yet, have they?
4: No, just sitting there.
0: Maybe they should Could be... Uh...
4: Yeah, it could be they're waiting for more liquidity in the tri-curve pool to use that as exit liquidity.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there is, there's not so much liquidity in the tri-curve pool yet, right?
4: Uh, it's getting closer, but like uh, last I looked, it would be if they'd moved it, they would get only like $2 million out.
1: with 60% oh, okay. slippage.
0: I just take that and go. I guess they can be patient, right?
1: Likely not yeah, their first rodeo. Yeah, if you're Lazarus Group, what do you do, right? Just let it sit there.
0: Well, if it was Lazarus, they already would have swapped out to whatever they could. They wouldn't be sitting on it.
3: Thank you think? Yeah. They couldn't swap out at all, right? Because the entire liquidity was drained.
4: At least on pain. so yeah. They, uh, they get 60% of- slippage right now.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but they could slowly start to do it, right? I mean, it's. uh I don't think it's... I think they would have moved faster in in trying to get it into ETH and then into whatever sort of mixing service they would be used, like either Tornado Cash or something else.
3: Actually I think I think it's smart of them to wait because then uh if it was me, uh I, I'd do the same. I would wait and then pretend that I'm not gonna dump it, pretend I'm gonna lock it for four years, and then dump it all quickly rather than like showing that yeah, as soon as you put liquidity in, I'm gonna dump into you. Right. Uh
0: wouldn't it just make sense to instead like you don't have to like you don't have You're to like dump it? You don't have to dump it in the pool. Couldn't couldn't they just make like a, a one-tick uniswap order between like curve and ETH and then just leave it? Let somebody buy through.
3: <laughs> well, uh nobody will buy that much. <laughs>
0: well, it'll sit there. No, I mean it'll sit there and they can just wait until they get filled. You know?
3: Um no, because then the price would just go down. Like the price would never, never fill that order, right? It would go
0: it's... to. Uh, yeah, why not just push the price down until somebody, somebody will fill it somewhere?
4: Yeah, the centralized exchanges could absorb that large of an order too. So yeah, of course, it might be. Yeah. I, I
0: mm-hmm. think. Look, I think there's there's like ways to get out of the CRV if they wanted to, like the, with the well, Uniswap look, or, Kurt- orders or like. there's a bunch of different ways i mean they could like if anything they should just take it lock it for four years and then get all the three CRE that comes
4: yeah look curve hacker why don't you come on the show and we can brainstorm some (laughs) strategies
2: with you we'll help you out (laughs) just send
0: us send us your ip address first
2: yeah (laughs) yeah maybe you can also support the channel (laughs)
0: no 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 no. we're not we're not taking any illicit funds but uh on that note we do actually have a donation link that you can uh use uh it is on the notes in youtube and i don't think it's on twitter but we we do have a link somewhere um we should really get a qr code so people can scan uh, in the top right let me actually see i think i did make a qr code uh oh yeah here we we do have a qr code
1: you're running the super bowl playbook yeah. Here
0: we go. We have this nice little donate thing uh in the top left. You can just scan it. It'll take it to Arbiscan and uh you can send a you know, a few sats. Wait, no, it's not Bitcoin. A few what's like a few wei. There we go. Everything helps.
2: Only legal funds, folks. <laughs> <Only> legal <fans.
0: laughs> okay. Uh So, we also had news of Uniswap deploying to Base uh base seems like it's up and coming they have a off on ramp and off ramp now instead of just the one way on ramp uh, they've got a couple of dexes uniswap is there and uh looks like it's it's flourishing as a place for meme coins
2: what's the total uh, tvl there uh, currently
0: on base i'll look yeah. it up quickly uh but what do you think the prospects for base are
1: i mean i <sighs> Man, yeah, a, bullish. It's, it's an interesting yeah. question right um if you look at i don't know what coinbase did in the past with their nft marketplace that didn't do so well right it seems like base is is doing very well um in regards to users bridging over there to like just initial t- like uh, liquidity as well um we'll see what the regulatory environment kind of looks like for them as they kind of continue um with, with that type of stuff. Um, was, you know, very surprising. But, I mean, it, it's super bullish based, right? Like Coinbase has 100 million users. It just kind of makes sense that, you know, if any of those users haven't been on chain yet, that the first chain maybe they will interact with will likely be base, right? Yeah, they're going to
3: have, they're going to have like project flow as well because you have like Coinbase ventures or whatever. They're going to say, please deploy on base. Uh, they're going to have users, obviously, because straight from Coinbase. I think though, uh, what I'm really interested in is what does the user ba- what will the user base look like, right? So if we if we look at each chain, each each user base of each chain is really really different. So especially Arbitrum has a lot of guys who just love derivatives, uh, and that's why I guess Arbitrum's derivative side is so uh, flourishing, even compared to spot. But I feel like. Uh, my thesis is kind of that this will maybe sort of turn into what B&B, what, I mean, what, what is it even called? BSC was in like 2020, uh, just because it is like a exchange chain. I wonder what kind of, you know, what kind of retail, obviously it's going to be retail, but what kind of retail is it going to attract?
0: Well, yeah, you could. Cool.
2: <laughs> Uh, Don't you think that they will uh, also have, like, ability to attract some uh, institutional uh, investors or capital or participants? Because they do, uh, like you said, they have Coinbase uh, custody, I think it's called. Like, they do have uh, also access. I I agree that it's mostly retail, but I'm not so sure that they won't uh, have any, like, uh, institutional... I think in the long run, run you may be right,
3: but at least for now, the security uh, SEC stuff probably is not going to...
1: It, it's probably going to be an even playing field right now, at least. Right yeah, to build I mean, on that too. It's like if DeFi protocols actually don't go build their like financial instruments that you know folks can play on, then what do you have? You have basically just the venture side of things, which I think uh, there will be a lot on base. But um, in regards to like hedge funds or prop shops or you know anybody that is an experienced trader or, or in that sense, maybe like when right? Like when you, why would you? bridge the base if there's actually nothing that you can do there financially in regards to like using protocols but does that does that make sense yeah yeah no i that's that's exactly
3: kind of get what i'm getting at right it it all depends on what's there right the institutions aren't going to come i think for bold uh to ape into bold i mean you know i don't know maybe BlackRock's new investment thesis uh it's shaping up but uh yeah it's it's it it all depends on who builds that and that all depends on what the user base looks like So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch both of those things kind of grow.
1: And and for for Coinbase, it's a great (laughs) revenue generator, right? They're collecting all of the sequencer fees.
0: Yeah, all the sequencer fees. I would think that there would be some confluence of USDC promotion and use along with a full account abstraction on base. And that could become like its killer app where, you know, the, the the USDC or the the USDC on Coinbase is limited in what it can do, but as soon as you build that that full environment, where if you build a uh, a payment system, right, that can compete with Square that's, or something, that's and, a
1: su- super interesting point, Sam. Did you see Did you guys see the news this morning about USDC and what they released? I no, briefly no, yeah. I briefly saw the headline. Um, I didn't read the article, but it was along the lines of like uh, USDC releases maybe wallet architecture or something along those lines. For folks that want to like basically incorporate USDC into their into their build, if you will, and um, in, in doing so in, a, in an easy fashion or something along the, along those lines.
0: Oh, I have that. I have that story right here. I'll pull it up. Yeah.
1: Um, so that kind of fits that thesis there, Sam.
0: Yeah. So Circle makes crypto payments easier with new programmable Web three wallet for businesses. So Circle's programmable wallets platform. Uh, works for Ethereum, Avalanche, and Polygon, and will expand to other blockchains later this year. Uh, so I'm guessing that this is, uh, they allowed, the programmer wallet allows for businesses to build services on top, letting consumers send, receive, and store cryptocurrencies, including USDC and non-fungible tokens. Um, yeah, I would, I, I think the, the thing that Coinbase can do is just promote USDC on on base as saying like, build us a service that you can build a full payments environment on base uh will make it fully account abstracted and uh just make it easy for people to use make make usdc uh the the primary use case it doesn't have to be gambling or anything on on base i think they could probably even subsidize wallet fees somehow uh based on the interest income that's that's the thing that i really think is 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 the killer app is like make make a l2 but then, refit like have like whitelisted apps in the sense of what I was talking about, and then like repay them for usage. Right? That's what but, I originally
1: thought Base was going to be. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, or for whitelisted developers. So I was yeah, it's kind of surprised when all that stuff started happening. I was like, oh wow, I guess it's just open for anybody permissionless. That was going to be opposite. Uh, it
0: may. I think I think they probably have some. Uh, you know, Coinbase Ventures obviously has to have some. Teams in the background that are building stuff for base for sure, and scouting other teams that they could build on base as well too. So um, this is still the early days. There's nothing really that's been fully fleshed out, but I would assume that in the next six to twelve months, we're going to see some big pushes on uh, on like payments and infrastructure, account abstraction, like all the things that that make it way more easier to use for like new customers that are already used to the Coinbase environment.
2: I think you have a great point uh, there, actually, because uh, if they can uh, create a, a way for their own, uh, like existing user base, to easily uh, use this L2, uh, like much easy, easier than the other L2s, without bridging and without all that kind of stuff, uh, and without even uh, maybe knowing that they use a, a wallet, because they can uh, account abstract uh, the way uh, the whole, the whole experience. The, it's actually a great point, in my opinion. And it also leads me like to the other part. I want to ask like, how do you, for example, uh, uh, if you're base, how do you uh, make builders like uh, on Arbitrum, like to want to also build uh, on base? Like, how do how, how you how, how do you attract uh, the human capital, like people like Wenmoon and Umami and uh, other teams that uh, you can see pretty much uh, building on Arbitrum for at least uh, two years and uh, kind of thriving. Uh, how do you attract this uh, human capital?
1: Yeah, when? How do you attract the human capital? You give me money. That's <laughs> it. You pay me, I'll come. <laughs> no, I think it's it's a tough question. Right? How Practical. how much like marketing can they do with illicit? I'll say you know DeFi protocols to that extent, or or NFT mints or things like that, right? So how much support can you give on the off chain aspect of things? I think that'll be a tough <clears throat> thing for for them to to tackle. Um, I'll be honest. It's a, it's a, it's a very. They're having. I think they have an uphill battle in regards to like any sort of regulatory concerns that they may have regarding base and and how they can actually support these types of folks that are building on the chain.
3: Yeah, especially with this, like the fact that it isn't even permissionless. And I was on, and like with you, Nick, I thought it was gonna be like permission permission builders, right? Because then it, it it's even more like okay, you know. How are they going to stop, you know, whatever concerns are going to come eventually thrown at this? uh, How are they going to stop that? I don't really know.
0: So Chris Black, always with the uh, good comments, saying that Coinbase should be held accountable for scams happening on on base company has full control could be stopping scams before they start it's not the de- decentralization is strategic decision making and he's right right they control the they control the validators they control the sequencers you know it's fully in control of coinbase which is a public company and uh if there is one thing that they could be attracting it's it's the regulators um so
1: yeah i mean in your fight with the sec you don't want like in d- any discovery process like there's and on your chain, this bald coin rug for $100 million, it's like it probably doesn't help your case out too much. I'm also not a lawyer, so I'm not sure how that would ever fit into something like that. But uh,
0: So we also had a, another story, uh, which will be our last one for the day. Uh, Kraken has listed several Reddit community tokens, notably Moons and Bricks and a few other ones, driving the prices of those tokens up 50%.
1: You know what chain those tokens are on? Polygon, oh, wow. Arbitra Nova,
0: Arbiter Nova. Hey, cool. Yes, sir. LFG. And
1: actually, the oh, first wow. major, ma- first major centralized exchange to list an Arbiter Nova coin. So very exciting.
0: Oh wow! How did that come uh, about?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, um, so Reddit used to have like this crazy point system or, or whatever, right? And I believe they still do to a certain extent, but uh, you know they're looking to embrace some sort of of, of Web three type of functionality, right? Um, Ended up uh, working alongside them, right, to release these these coins and, and and NFTs on on Arbitrum Nova. And it's funny, a lot of the um, to your point before CurveCap, uh, in terms of like abstracting away a lot of these, uh, you know, the the blockchain formalities, if you will. The folks on Reddit like minted these NFTs, and many of them didn't even know that they were number one NFTs, and that they were interacting with with blockchain, right? So um, it's very cool, very dope to see.
0: So. I'm just looking for the prices on. Uh,
1: I think it like mooned not too long ago. Is this this Moon's Fortnite
0: more. Fortnite bricks, or am I like?
1: I don't believe it has anything to do with Fortnite though. No. Uh, <laughs> that would be sweet though.
0: Because <laughs> I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at cracking prices now. It looks like this was recently this was recently added. So the Fortnite brick this is one of the ones brick, uh, trading up fifty percent. And then uh, the other one was Moon, I believe.
1: Bigly.
0: Let's see if it comes up. Oh, here, recently listed. They have a recently listed page. Uh, But yeah, I I think that it was interesting to see how Reddit shifted uh, during that whole time period, especially during the NFT boom where there was like the general consensus was that NFTs were bad and they should all just, you know, be burned in into oblivion uh versus versus now when they're distributing their own like token through moons uh as well too and uh everybody's on board i guess when you give people money when you when people see people getting money they're really jealous but when they get it themselves
4: then they're okay with it now, uh, yeah. yeah when moon what uh degree of involvement did you have with their tokenomics <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah this is a this is my new venture me and nick we were chatting for a long time over (laughs) lunch yesterday but now we finally got it
1: running i'm very i'm very excited (laughs) interesting though sam you went straight to polygon because they do seem you know they that not seem they have done a lot of these kind of strategic web2-esque uh partnerships etc right so um, yeah and i think
3: they did they they did some nft thing with uh uh reddit as well a a little while back right
0: yeah i thought so as well too they did uh, they did like they did nfts yeah, they did, they did a uh, like a but that wasn't, I don't think it was like the abstracted
2: version essentially. This, this oh, is okay, yeah, but was it with Reddit? Yeah, yeah, because I only remember the that uh, Nova had some kind of agreement with the uh, Reddit. No, no it was, back. it was, it, know, it was, was a... system. what's
0: that? Yeah, here, this is this is an older story, so it was about Polygon's uh. Polygon's Reddit NFTs surpasses 10 million holders and $32 million
2: in sales. Cool uh, and that seems, was done on seems Polygon. seems like Reddit is testing uh, both angles. I think it's was kind of way. Demo, so I think, uh, you know. Interesting,
3: like, 10 million holders. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: <clears throat> anyway, boys.
0: Well, that's a good place to wrap it up. Thank you.
4: Before we Uh, bounce, I wanted to give a big shout out to cryptovester 77 on Twitter, who has been uh, slicing up some of our Leviathan clips, uh, particularly with the Austin Campbell interview yesterday, and posting them for easy consumption. So cryptovester 77 if you're not in the Twitter, sorry, the Telegram group, come on by and say hi.
2: For sure. also, please, and by the way, folks, if you want help. to also try and uh, slice some videos uh, yourself, like specific phrases uh, or cuts that you've enjoyed, and you want to, uh, you can even use maybe the clip uh, function on uh, YouTube and send it to us. and Maybe we can uh, use them because we're uh, starting to discuss how we're going to approach the short videos uh, aspect of, of stuff, and we definitely want to get the community involved. I think it can uh, facilitate uh, the process
0: very cool well thank you everybody for being here we will see you back tomorrow and send us some good vibes actually cathonic vibes squid and squidettes. <laughs> <laughs> what was it gary what was that nice little phrase you had in in the beginning like in the first month
4: um uh, until the next tide was until that the it The next time? no
0: no it was something else um it was quite dystopian and world-destroying. until
4: the Leviathan wraps its slimy yes. tentacles around <laughs> every... <laughs> well,
0: that's enough of that. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, everybody, for tuning Cheers, in.
3: Folks. Cheers, Cheers.